It was so horrible and kind of disgusting that that could even happen. But all the girls who, the survivors who are so strong, they just started a huge movement. And it is so unfortunate that it had happened. But I think they had brought so much awareness to the sport and Mm -hmm. not even just our sport, to other sports. And I think that's important that it had brought awareness to other sports or businesses or even just the topic in general. It just maybe wasn't a big topic, but now it's um, more well-known that people can talk about it. People can, little kids can maybe be aware mm-hmm. that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So it it is unfortunate that it happened, but I know the survivors, they a lot of them have been so positive and very inspiring. And I think that message that they're sending is so amazing. Welcome to Persister with Candace Lowry. I am Candace Lowry. What is a persister? A persister is a little play on words of nevertheless she persisted, but also a woman who has truly broken through that glass ceiling and has really forged a path and a name for herself in whatever business she's in. Persister with Candace Lowry is a Castbox original produced alongside Studio 71. Castbox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Persister with Candace Lowry wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope you'll give Castbox a shot because I think it's the best. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Persister with Candace Lowry. I, I hate saying my last name, but um, I'm Candace, and today I have Pang Pang Lee with me. Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Yay! I'm so <laughs> excited for you to be here. I want to know everything about gymnastics. Oh, I of course, I can. Cannot tell you. touch my toes. So oh, you can. <laughs> I learned at a very young age I was not made for dancing or gymnastics, and. <laughs> I like went, I I tried to do it and my mom like slowly pulled me out and I like went into soccer and sports that don't require a lot of flexibility. (laughs) Hey, I mean, you made it. You have a podcast now. And she was like, well, we just knew it wasn't right. So (laughs) I'm always excited to talk to someone who can actually do cool stuff like that. Oh, awesome. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And you've been um, starting to dip your toe in podcast-ism. I don't know. Yes, yes, I have. (laughs) Hopefully having something down the line. Yeah, um, we've been working really hard on coming up with concepts and just stuff for our podcast. I'm excited to be here to listen to your podcast (laughs) so I can learn as I'm guesting, I guess. Yeah. But it will be coming out hopefully in the year 2019. So make sure you keep watch of of that. and. Follow me on Instagram at PangPangSeely. I want to give myself a shout out there. Yeah, please. So that you can know when the podcast comes out. <laughs> well, um, okay, so I have um, usually just a little, like, fun icebreakery question. Okay, cool. That's relevant. Well, I hope that – have you ever seen the movie Stick It? Yes. Okay. I actually went to the premiere, not the red carpet premiere. <laughs> really? But in Toronto, my parents had tickets, and so all my little gymnast <laughs> friends and I, we all went to the movie premiere to watch it, and it was it was so cheesy but great because when you're younger, it was, everything was just awesome back then. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun to watch, and they had little celebrity – um, bits here and there, so yeah. it was really cool to watch. Yeah, okay, so that was one of my favorite movies growing up. Oh, and really? Yes, I'm telling you, like, I am a person who dreams of being a gymnast, and I know I can never be one, <laughs> <laughs> so, but my question is, is was it realistic at all as to what it's like? It's funny because it's, 
I wouldn't say it is realistic in a way. I think the coach was kind of realistic mm-hmm. being um, hard and stuff on the athletes, but no one would ever think to rebel against the judges and no one would really <laughs> think to rebel against the coaches. We do it in a sly way, but not so much in a big competitive setting. Yeah. I would love to see somebody actually do it, but <laughs> no, no one, I don't think anyone ha- would have the guts to do it. So I think that's why Stick It was so great because it's yeah. like, our fantasy as a gymnast, you know, take our bra out and just be like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do my vault today. I'm just going to walk away from the competition because I'm not feeling it. But if that happened in reality, I think our coach would be so mad and you would just not get any high scores ever again. So, yeah, I've always wondered that. And then with the training, it just seems so intensive. It's pretty intense. With what you guys are doing. And so when, I mean, because usually it seems like, gymnasts or Olympian gymnasts like yourself really get into it at a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. So at what point were you like, I can actually make this like a career and I yeah. really need to do this full time? Well, it's funny because so I started when I was younger, I when I was four years old and mm-hmm. I had a ton of energy. So my mom was like, <laughs> you are the energizer bunny. I can't deal with you. I need to put you in something that's going to exhaust all your energy. So she put me in gymnastics, which was probably the wrong direction because then I came <laughs> home and I had even more energy and I was flipping on the couches and the little door frames I was climbing up it. Yeah. So she had no control over me and my energy. So that's kind of how she put me into (laughs) gymnastics. I actually quit when I was seven because (laughs) being the Asian that I am, I was really obsessed with Pokemon. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I thought you were doing (laughs) Who wasn't obsessed with Pokemon? I had like a little I I had a giant Meowth pillow. No way. I (laughs) I have so many Pokemon like pet things on my bed at home in Canada. (laughs) Oh, it's it's awesome. But um, I was obsessed with the show, and this was before PVR came out, so you couldn't mm. record anything. Mm. So apparently my mom says, I cried on the way to practice because I was missing my Pokemon oh show my every t- every single day. So she's like, I got to pull you out. <laughs> You're not going anymore because oh obviously you don't like it. Things are Other things are more important to you. So then I ended up taking a, a year break from gymnastics, and I did a bunch of other sports. Mm. So I ended up doing, like, karate, um, hockey, for a day and then <laughs> I always did tennis and golf so that was kind of the other sports that I did growing mm-hmm. up but when I moved um into like the bigger city of uh, Toronto area so I lived in a smaller city mm-hmm. but I moved to into Toronto and then she said oh do you want to try gymnastics again and I said only if it's for fun <laughs> and if, like I if I really like it then maybe I'll stick with it yeah. but when I was eight years old I got back into it and that's when you start competing so mm-hmm. I absolutely fell in love with the sport and I was flipping and learning a bunch of new tricks and that's when I knew like I wanted to do gymnastics, come into practice and be learn a bunch of new things in that mm-hmm. area. But when I was 10 years old, I moved into an elite gymnastics program. And so the gymnastics club that I was a part of, they said, we can't really teach you any further than you already know. Oh, whoa. Because I, I joined a really small recreational gym because yeah. I told my mom, I said, I just want it to be for fun. So... It was very small. Not a lot of people were doing big tricks. There was like a pole in the middle of the floor. So it was, you can kind of envision what I'm talking about. It wasn't the biggest um, elite gymnastics. Right. It's very provincial. Or, yeah, provincial. So state. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I keep thinking of like Canadian terms. <laughs> so it was very provincial. So then I went to a new gymnastics club and they were elite athletes only. And so okay. I. When I was around 10 years old, that's when oh people, people were, yes, people were telling me, they said, you know, you could be really good if you had different training. And so there was a coach who came up to me and asked, like, he wanted to take me on because I guess he saw potential. But I wasn't that good when I was younger. I was 
barely making the podium, but I guess mm. I had I had Will in there. <laughs> they saw something. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, at what point is there a window where coaches see kids and they're like, okay, this is somebody that yeah. can be molded, I guess? I think they see the um, – there's sometimes natural talents that kids have, and it's just in the way that they move. So mm-hmm. I guess if you put a dancer out there and you see a little kid dancing, you're like, oh, yeah, he's got something special about him, just very different than mm-hmm. what I guess they've seen before. Mm-hmm. Or they see um, they have really good maybe spring, like their vertical's really high, mm-hmm. or they have good, um, I don't know, just like, Aerodynamic, aerodynamics, skills. but their but their skill technique isn't there, so that's where they mm. come kind of come into play. So I I guess they saw something in me because when I watch my old routines, I'm like, ooh, my foot is flexed, like everything was just bad. <laughs> so when you go into this elite program, do you have to? Because I know sometimes with a lot of dancers, they almost have to be homeschooled because they're going to yeah. so many competitions. Did you have to get to that point of where? this was really a priority for you? Yeah, so when I when I was 10, <laughs> when I was really young, I was practicing from, I think, 4 to 8.30 p.m. So right after wow. school, I would go to practice. And my parents and I, too, I was getting exhausted, and I said, I can't come home, do my homework. Yeah. I'm missing, like, family dinner, and I'm only 10. Like, that's not right. Yeah. So we found this elite program that was from 7 to 10.30. You trained in the morning. Then you went from school to 10.30 to 4, and then you had evening practice from 4 to 6. So, oh like, a full-time God. job. But it was perfect because my dad... I was saying, oh, we could drop you off when I go to work and, and then I can come up. pick you up after. Yeah. So to me, it was like the perfect schedule and we had weekends off. That was like the best thing ever mm-hmm. that we had our weekends to ourselves. So I ended up joining that program and from grade three to grade eight was kind of all girls mm-hmm. because it was specifically gymnastics and figure skating. Okay. So I was part of an art school, but gymnastics and the figure skating um, girls were, uh, that was part of our art. So oh, that was like okay. our art class. So I never really took art class. That was, your art that, was that was like my art credit. <laughs> but then in high school, I went to a regular high school. Okay. So the, that program was really, um, it was really good because they wanted you to grow as like a person, not so much just be an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada's not as intense, I would say, for athletics. Yeah. I think hockey's just kind of a given. It's like yeah. our sport. So <laughs> gymnastics isn't that big. But, um, but it was a good program because it was very structured. So... I did. I wasn't homeschooled, and I'm really happy that I wasn't homeschooled mm-hmm. because when I went from the all girls kind of thing yeah. to the high school, I loved high school. Like I loved being kind of in there with people who normal. Well, yeah, just people who had different interests either other yeah. than gymnastics. So we had a sports program, and the sports program did um, their, I guess, sport as their art class, and then we had regular kids and like who were interested in like science, math, and like all these very cerebral people. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was really cool to be in just a regular high school um, and get that experience because I've talked to a lot of girls who are homeschooled and they yeah. I feel like they just missed out on a lot of life. Yeah, that's so. what I was wondering if you kind of have to have this balance of because you I mean you were 10. Yeah, when no, you had yeah. This, like, it's, it's funny when I talk about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm 10 years old and I'm training 25 hours a week yeah. and I want to go to the Olympics. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, do you even know what the Olympics is, child? Like, <laughs> I know, exactly. So you, I mean, it's nice though to hear that you were able to have this high school experience. Yeah. And then you went to UCLA. Yes. Right? So I guess you were, what, 20 during? The 2012 Olympics? No, I was 19. 19. So I was a year too young for the 2008 Olympics. So I technically was a senior athlete. So I 
was competing against other seniors around that time. And um, but I just wasn't old enough. I was 15 and you had to be 16. Mm. So then my cycle and I always knew I was um, reaching for 2012. So that was I took a year off after high school to train for the Olympics and knew like 2012 was my year. Yeah. So do Which you- is weird, though, because I feel like. It, it kind of sucks that you have to wait a certain period to go. Yeah. If, but if you're ready, then you should be able to go, in my opinion. <laughs> but other people will fight me on that, but it's okay. <laughs> so when you're, like, 15 and they say you're too young and then you're like, okay, I want to go, do you immediately start training for the Olympics, like, four years in advance? Or is it – It's it's funny because you're you're always training for something so I think the Olympics is always an end goal but mm. you're always training for say I want to be on national team or I want to be go to the world championships or I want to go to Commonwealth Games or something or be Canada's number one national gymnast mm-hmm. a national level gymnast so I think you're always training for the Olympics and I but you're not always thinking Olympics 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 yeah. it's very broken up into what's happening in that year because I mean you go through puberty a lot of things can happen you get injured so it's always focusing on little steps before the Olympics but I think during the Olympic years when people start to really become strict with their diet really strict with um with who they not who they hang out with but just their social life and time management and stuff like that so I wouldn't say like four years before it, I was like, oh, I still want to go to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of, you just have to go through life. Like, I took a year off after 2008 because I got injured and I had a really bad back injury. Mm. And so the doctor basically told me, he said, your spine is slipping. Oh it, yeah, he was like, <laughs> your spine is slipping. And basically, if you try to do gymnastics, if it slips any further, you could become paralyzed waist down. So then that freaked me out. And I'm like, okay, we're stopping gymnastics and yeah. I'm probably not going to come back and do it. So then during that year in high school, it was great because I could become a regular kid. I was hanging Mm. out with my friends. I actually had time after school to just hang out with them and focus on my studies and stuff. But it was funny because I my friend went to UCLA after the Olympics. So when I was injured, she went to UCLA Mm. and she told me how much fun she was having. (laughs) And I said, "Okay, hold on. You were crying every single day in the gym (laughs) and you're having fun. I was like, I got to check this out. So then I ended up going to UCLA to check out the campus. And Miss Val, who is the UCLA gymnastics coach, the mm-hmm. head coach, she had come to my gym a bunch of times because she was recruiting from the elite gym that I came from. And I don't remember her at all, so I thought I was meeting her for the first time. <laughs> so I went to UCLA, and then she was telling me how great it was, how amazing, and I really wanted to go into entertainment. So she's like, you could become an actress here, and you could do this. She's like, making my dreams all come true, basically, <laughs> in one visit. So she ended up I ended up telling her, I said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to come back and do gymnastics because, yeah. I don't know, maybe I'll take up tennis because it, it won't hurt my back or, or something. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, you're crazy. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You, she she basically said, like, we'd love for you to come and be a part of the program if you can get back to the college level. So not the elite level, but the mm-hmm. college level. So the college level isn't as rigorous as elite training. Mm-hmm. So then that's when I kind of was like, oh, I think I could do, like, four or five skills out of my routines like it would be um, a lot easier yeah so she basically um, verbally said we have a scholarship for you and it shocked me because I was injured so she basically took a chance on me to take that UCLA scholarship yeah so that's kind of like how funny it is because I wasn't even thinking about Olympics there I'm kind of like I'm injured I don't even know if I can do the sport and then now I get this opportunity for a scholarship so then my mom was like she she calls me Christine not paying so she's like (laughs) Christine, I think you should take it. Like, I don't think you're going to get another <laughs> oh. offer. So then I ended up verbally committing to UCLA when I was in grade 10. 
So yeah, so that's when I committed to UCLA and knew I was always going there. And slowly I started training, but just for college. And then once I started training again, all my skills came back really quickly. Mm. So then I was like, oh my gosh, like I think I Olympics is actually possible. So then I started, I told Miss Val and I said, I really want to go for 2012 because before it was out of my head, like I'm not even at that level anymore. But when I started training again for college, I told her, I said, I think I can do it. So then that's when I started becoming really rigorous, um, training really hard again. And um, it's a a whole whirlwind. Like every athlete has their own story. And I bet you it's never a straight road. It's always some kind of curveball or they took a couple steps back. Maybe they even quit or just something. Yeah. But it's it's funny how just life works like that. And when like you have an injury because your back injury sounded pretty severe. Yeah. So when that happens, do you have... Or have you seen other gymnasts, like, get a fear that that's going to happen again where they're kind of – it's almost like PTSD oh, sure. yeah. where they, like, don't want to get back on the bars or don't want to get for back sure. on something? Yeah, so when I had my back injury, I was 14, I want to say, and it was during Christmas where I couldn't even pick things off the ground without pain. I was going to the bathroom. I was having pain. Like, I was sneezing, and my mm. back was, like, in excruciating pain. And I think because I was going through puberty, I was growing, but at the same time when you're doing gymnastics – you don't want to be flipping and pounding when you're growing because then yeah. your spine's kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I just want to, you know, grow in a straight line. You're doing all these oh. weird things. So my dad said, like, you need to do something. We need to see a doctor because this isn't right for a 14-year-old girl to have problems picking things off the ground. Yeah. So then it it came to a point where when I came back to do gymnastics, I was terrified because I didn't want to feel the exact same pain that I had before. And so... I would say a lot of athletes, it's hard to get over that hump just to get back into it. Mm -hmm. It's a whole mental game. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes your body could be fine, but it is a big mental hurdle. And I think that's why I commend people going through injuries. And it it is it sucks, but it's important almost because then your mentality becomes stronger. You almost learn how to do positive thinking, Mm. because if you don't go through injuries, it's it's kind of like a good sailor doesn't learn how to sail really well on like a an smooth, even yeah. smooth what what is water. it called? yeah smooth I waters like smooth sailor no I don't remember the quote <laughs> I know exactly I know what you're, you know talking, what you're about. talking about but a good sailor knows how to yeah sail on rough waters or something like that so it's kind of like I think good athletes learn things from different experiences because no yeah. athlete just has a perfect road right unless you are then you're super women like oh that would be that would be amazing you should write a book whoever, whoever you are but that, yeah it's it's interesting yeah I, I mean it's fascinating that so many people have to go through this at such a young age but I want to take a quick break yes. and then when we come back talk about going to the Olympics the whole experience um you know bonding with other women and competing um, and then life after. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Persister. I am still here with Fang Fang Lee. (laughs) We are still here. We have not gone anywhere. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think I'm just fascinated by prepping for the Olympics, the Olympics in general, but also the competitiveness and friendships Mm -hmm. that you make with your team so when you were competing to just qualify to go to the olympics is do you 
like when you have close friends on the team, yeah. is there really this competitive nature at the same time? Or is it still pretty encouraging in a really good environment? I think it depends what type of gym club you come from. Mm-hmm. So I I was really fortunate because when I moved gym clubs after my back injury, the girls were super friendly. I mean, there's always an underlying competitiveness, I yeah. think, because you're always fighting for the same spot. But in general, we were always cheering for each other, even mm-hmm. if we didn't didn't want them to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were still cheering for them in the gym and excited for them when they learned something new. But it really depends because I've had friends who don't like their gym or it's very individual. Mm-hmm. Like the coach just focus on, focuses on them. There's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of like, oh, favoritism mm-hmm. and um, it I, really just depends what gym club you go to. I think yeah. – it in any sport too. I saw yeah. just gymnastics. It's um, one of one of the biggest things that I really liked about gymnastics was the traveling. Mm-hmm. So I loved meeting people outside Canada <laughs> and just meeting people from different backgrounds and different cultures was really really cool. And that was one of the my favorite things about gymnastics. But mm-hmm. even at home when you're competing for the same spot, it gets kind of tricky because. Yeah. You want to congratulate one girl, but then another girl didn't make it, and you're part of the same gym club. And, of course, it's a little awkward, but it, it at heart you have to be happy for them. But, I mean, it can it can get real and just yeah. – I mean, girls can be catty too, and, you know, the silent treatment is the girl's best <laughs> friend. So I think in the gym there's definitely some of those sometimes. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it happens in sport or just in, in anywhere, really. Yeah, but it sounded like – it sounds like your parents have been very supportive. Yes. Which sometimes I think is hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like, you know, they've really – been there and making like sacrifices for you yeah and so when you like what did it feel like when they said hey you're coming to the olympics with us right oh my gosh it was it was the most incredible experience just because so background stories i tore my acl right at olympic trials oh my god you go back to the acl oh oh yeah i've you know i've been injured multiple times like i have my body has taken a beating so after I took a year off after high school. I was training for the Olympics. I was Canada's top athlete. I had basically the most amount of point, not most amount, sorry, the top amount of points mm-hmm. um, to go to the Olympics. Mm. So I basically was a shoe in okay. for the team. So come Olympic trials, I'm doing it all. My my um, motto that year was no regrets. So I was doing everything. I had like a food list of what I wanted to <laughs> eat after. I had like, it was like McDonald's chicken nuggets and like burgers and stuff like that. But at Olympic trials, I ended up doing a skill which I hadn't competed before. And I threw it on the last event of podium training, which is the day before the competition. Oh. And it ended up tearing my ACL. And I was praying my ACL wasn't torn. But when I flew back and got the MRI, they had told me and I just bawled. Oh. I was kind of like, I went into a pity party. I was like, why me? Like, well, it's I don't so understand. Much work. Right, exactly. And you sacrifice a lot. And it was, I was so close. I think that's what it was. I was so close to my like dream and like yeah. things I'd sacrifice for to not get there and to t- say you are injured. Now you have to sit out for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really scared because I was supposed to go to UCLA after. So then I called Miss Val and I'm like, my scholarship, like what happens with my scholarship and everything. And so it was a lot of panic and it was a lot of, um, fear. Yeah. And I think with my back injury, it was a slow injury. It wasn't mm. suddenly. 
So when you kind of could not prepare for it, but know that yeah, and there were steps. exactly. And I knew the steps after the ACL, but it was I think the stakes were just a lot higher because <laughs> I, would think I was so. so close to going. But my my mom is she's like a superwoman. She's so great, and she gives me a bunch of um, perspectives. I would like to say so when I tore my ACL and going through this pity party and like crying and bawling, um, she was like, well you know, there's always another Olympics. This isn't the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. And so when she said that, it really clicked with me that she was right and I could go for 2016. So, and she was saying, you have UCLA to look forward to. You have so many things to look forward to that I know it sucks that you couldn't go to UCLA. But yeah. she she always gives me this new perspective of looking at things besides, oh my gosh, why did this happen to me? Like, I can't believe that like, yeah. I tore my ACL. Like, someone's punishing me kind of thing. Right. Um. So... When I talked to the um, the head coach of Team Canada, she they were every I think everyone was upset that I tore my ACL because mm-hmm. they kind of knew my backstory and um, the, kind of a comeback almost. And so she called me and she said, "We still want to bring you. I don't know how yet. Like we would love for you to compete bars." And I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can go to the Olympics still and just compete one event. So I was yeah. literally thinking I could compete still. Then I went back into the gymnastics gym and I saw all the girls training. I have a giant cast from my my thigh to my ankle. And I started doing conditioning. I said, you know, this is not it. Like, I don't want to risk anything. If I land and my knee gives out, Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of it for my knee. (laughs) So I'm like, I have a whole life ahead of me. I'm only 19. And so I decided to take myself out of the runnings for the olympics and so mm. she called me again she said we still want to bring you <laughs> so she was she was amazing i think because um i had a lot of traveling experience she said we want to bring you on as our t- your as our team captain wow. and as soon as she said that i said oh my gosh this is the most amazing thing ever because she she really wanted me to have that olympic experience and i was so thankful and i learned a lot about it's not just about your skill level. Mm-hmm. I really found out it's a lot about your character and what you bring to the table just beyond your talent. Because I think people can be talented if they're a bitch. <laughs> they're not going to want to work <laughs> with them. So I really learned a lot about teamwork and um, just helping people through experiences. So that's why they wanted me to come with them. So they, I was allowed to um, get all the gear and kind of be the team's manager. I got them like that's salad so if they needed to. Um, it... Like, in all honesty, it was really hard to watch them compete because I knew I could have been out there. But yeah. I was I was really thankful that they even brought me. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So when you're there, do, like, do you have time to talk with athletes from other countries? Do you guys yeah. actually talk? Or is it still very much, like, segregated based off of your team? So since I, I was on the more delegate side, I mm-hmm. stayed with, like, the um, alternates and I stayed with uh, the delegates of Team Canada. <laughs> so I wasn't in the Olympic Village. Um, I got a day to go visit the Olympic Village, which was really neat. Yeah. But I, I uh, met so many people. I had a blast <laughs> at the Olympics. Like, it was, honestly, I had a great time. Like, even though I wasn't able to compete, and I think that kind of one moment of the competition really hit hard to yeah. me because it it was just hard to watch, um, to be honest. But I, I had a great time meeting other Canadians kind of in the same boat as me who were really close but didn't quite make it. Or um, I met a lot of other competitors of Team Canada and they were telling me their experiences. And so it was really fun um, 
you're always decked out in your country's gear. Like, <laughs> at the Olympics, you're, like, proud to wear your country stuff. Like, I would never wear a Canadian flag out, like, on a regular day, <laughs> kind of just walking around. That's just not my fashion. Yeah. But at Olympics, you're like, no, I need a Canada hat. Like, I've got a Canada shirt on. Like, I need to wear red and white all the time. So, like, everyone knows I'm from Canada. So everyone at Olympics in London was all wearing different countries. Like, it, it was so wow. cool. And so there was a Canada house there. So where all the Canadians met up. <laughs> I don't know if every country was like that, but they had a, a Canada, I guess, parliament building. I don't know what you call it. A Canada house? Like a Canada house in London. So a after, maple leaf house. Yeah, it was great. Like we, I would always meet up there. We'd watch the Olympics and then we'd kind of like go out after and there was free food at the Canada house. So it was like everyone just met up there and like mingled and then you'd go out and then it was a lot of fun. Like I can't lie that I didn't have a great time because it was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it seems like you can kind of get the best of the Olympics. Yeah, I <laughs> I feel like I was, the, I was the on the parent side. You know, yeah. all the parents are, at, um, I don't know, at their kids' games and they're like having a beer, and yeah. <laughs> just like having a grand old time. <laughs> so I felt like I was kind of on that side. So when you're, when your sport is done, I've always wondered: do people just like go home, or do you stay the whole time? Oh, um, it depends. So when I was younger, um. When I went to Rio 2007, and that was Pan American Games, my mm-hmm. family told the coaches and said, we want to uh, take Pang and have a vacation. So oh, okay. the parents have to reach out to the um, national team coach just because they're dealing with the flights, so they have to know what you're doing afterwards. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you would fly there and fly back, so it's kind of like it's a business trip. Yeah. So. I always say, like, I haven't really experienced all the countries that I visited. And because I would go to, like, France or Japan, I didn't even get a croissant. I didn't have sushi. (laughs) I had a lot of chicken salads, like, around the world. And I'm like, the best chicken salad is definitely the United States. Okay. So um, I'm like, I got to travel again. But uh, the rare time when I did stay was um, Rio in 2007. But most of the time is it's a business trip. So Mm. you kind of, you really go there. Sometimes they'll have a banquet after so you can, like, meet other people and just enjoy the meat. Yeah. Um, But most of the time it's like, go there, come home maybe take a couple days off after the competition then get back to training mm. so it's um when i think about it now when i'm telling you i'm like wow it's really intense <laughs> no it is but i think that you just get used to it and yeah. i wanted to um ask you know because a lot of girls that are possibly like wanting to be gymnasts or mm-hmm. wanting to go to the olympics i think that especially in the past year there's kind of especially with the U.S. teams, there's been this big shakeup with the whole Larry Nassar scandal Mm -hmm. and that now there might be some sort of fear from aspiring gymnasts. And so I'm wondering, like, when this all came out, how it felt being, you know, kind of really close to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm really fortunate that that has never happened to me. I remember when the news came out, my mom immediately called me. She goes, please tell me, like, you have never had this experience. And I said, I've never had it. Like, I was just as surprised and disgusted as other people. Mm -hmm. And I commend those girls who were so strong. And I I mean, we know, like, I've had, there are some girls who have come out on our team. Mm. So it, it was a really... Um, close subject for UCLA and Miss Val was great throughout it all I mean the girls the survivors and they're such strong women Mm -hmm. and so for us it was something you have to talk about and so Miss Val made it clear that we have to talk about we have to address it we can't just 
put a Band-Aid over it and pretend it never happened. Yeah. So that really helped us to just talk about it and what had happened. And it was so horrible and kind of disgusting that that could even happen. Yeah. But all the girls who, the survivors who are so strong, they just started a huge movement. And it is so unfortunate that it had happened. But I think they had brought so much awareness to the sport and mm-hmm. not even just our sport, to other sports. And I think yeah. that's important that it had brought awareness to other sports or businesses or even just the topic in general. It just maybe wasn't a big topic, but now it's um, more well known that people can talk about it. People can, little kids can maybe be aware mm-hmm. that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So it it is unfortunate that it happened, but I know the survivors, they, a lot of them have been so positive and very inspiring. And I think that message that they're sending is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm ho- and I'm hopeful too that the sport, not just gymnastics, but other sports will take that very seriously yeah. to make a change that it can bring back the just passion of gymnastics and not all the other crap. <laughs> right. So, right. yeah. So I think, you know, if, if somebody who has gone through that you know, and they're kind of scared to speak up, what would you say to them? Yeah, I I honestly would say, I think that's the thing. I think now that that has come out, you're more, I'm hoping that people are more open to speak up. Mm-hmm. Because the, I think the, Canada and U.S. are very different. And so I don't know much about the United right. States program. But I, what I've heard is that they had to be more silent and mm-hmm. they had to not speak. Right. So if they were feeling some kind of type of way, they had to just be quiet. So I'm hoping that with this new change of, um, this new changeover, that they'll, they will be more comfortable talking not only to the national team coach, but like their coaches and their parents. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that, um, I mean, parents are like my my parents are my safety zone, so I'm hoping that they were, are able to find their safety zone to speak up to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I guess just for girls in general that want to one day go to the Olympics yeah. or be the best, you know, it sounds like th- that it's a very emotional journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, what is your advice to someone who wants to get yeah. to that point? I I would say if you want something really bad, always enjoy every single step of the way. And what I mean by that is if you're discouraging yourself and kicking yourself that you're not there yet, you're not there yet, you're thinking negatively and not positively. Mm -hmm. And so like with injuries and stuff, okay, I'm going to take this break, focus on school. And I think you being more of a well-rounded person will get you there in the end Mm -hmm. because you're going to have all these different experiences that are unique to you and not to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's is what what's going to separate you, say, at Olympics or World Championships or even life in general mm-hmm. that people will take a liking to or you'll inspire other people. So I always made it about the fun of gymnastics. Like, I would probably quit if I wasn't having fun. Like, if I was discouraged, my parents would probably pull me out. They'd mm-hmm. say, you're you're not doing it anymore. So I think if you want to get to a certain level, always remember – why you started it in the beginning because I think people lose focus of why they started it Mm -hmm. and now they're just thinking about the finishing product I guess and when you think about oh I remember being that little girl like loving this sport then you're I think it's going to bring up a lot more emotions Mm -hmm. and your training is going to be more meaningful in the end yeah and I like that you're an example of being able to have a life but also have this passion thank you I take pride in that (laughs) I really take pride in like sometimes being able to go to high school and stuff (laughs) yeah because sometimes you devote so much time to something that Mm -hmm. once it's over it's like oh my god like 
Well, people are what lost after. Yeah. A lot of people, when they're done gymnastics, they don't know what really do. anything. And I was happy that my parents were very picky about me and like, you have to do tennis, you have to do golf. And like, so I did, I <laughs> you did need that. to be well-rounded. Oh, you need, no, so they were like, you need to be well-rounded. One time I got, uh, I got like a 63% in my science class and like, whatever <laughs> that was that was one time but I remember my dad just saying I he's like is this because of gymnastics I'm pulling you out <laughs> we're oh not your, your grades aren't up so my parents were very good about like seeing the bigger picture and not yeah. just submerging me in gymnastics and like I always did um singing and guitar uh growing up or kind of in the middle of gymnastics because I needed something non-physical but to keep my interest too so I think if I just me personally, if I just did gymnastics, I would go insane. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had all these different like hobbies of singing Things. and outlets. Yeah, out- <laughs> there we go, outlets. Yeah. Um, well, I'm so excited that you were able to come on the show. Me too. And um, speaking of life after gymnastics, you have your own YouTube channel yes. now. So please check her out. What is the channel to look you up? It is Peng Peng Lee. Oh, okay. yeah. Well. It's very simple. What <laughs> <laughs> very, very simple. <laughs> one of my friends is still like she is has a big channel, but she started it when she was young, so it's mm-hmm. like Lollipop Girl Twenty. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and she hasn't been able to change it. No. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much. And I thank I'm, you for having me. I'm glad that I was able to get a gymnast athlete on here. Yes. And I'm so excited for your podcast. I know. And yeah. I guess we'll see you guys next time or hear you talk to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) 